What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey, Titans fans, join us next Tuesday, October 24th, at 7.30 p.m. Central Time, when your Titan Size podcast crew will be doing a live all-time Titans mock draft. Uh, we will be choosing from among the best Titans to ever play, and we will be constructing rosters with those players. Join us on Blog Talk Radio again on Tuesday, October 24th, live at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Welcome to the Titan Size Podcast. I'm Luke Worsham, joined by the other two hosts of the Titan Size Podcast, Matthias Wadner and Will Lomas. We've got a lot to talk about today, um, and we're just going to hop right in because on Monday night, we're a, a couple days late because we had some some schedule conflicts, uh, but we don't care because the Titans beat the Colts on Monday night football for the first time in six years. It, it was very fun. <laughs> it was fun. It was very relieving. <laughs> and uh, I'm just glad we beat the Colts. I don't care if Andrew Luck wasn't back there. If that streak would have kept going against Jacoby Brissett, uh, and it looked like it was, uh, judging by our first half, uh, but, but thankfully we got it together, uh, and we had a really good team performance by the end of the game. So I'm pretty excited about it. Hopefully we can beat the beat the Browns this upcoming week uh, and head into the bye week four and three uh, and get everyone healthy. Yeah, I mean, any streak like that, people can say it doesn't hang over their heads. And for 70% of the roster, that may be true. But there's a couple of key starters like Jarrell Casey and Carl Klug and guy, Derek Morgan, guys like that who've never beaten the Colts or who haven't beaten them in 11 games. For them to finally realize it's okay to beat the Colts is huge because, you know, like I said, say what you want, but the psychology behind that is just you know, relentless. I, I'm glad to be be past that and have that all behind us. Mm-hmm. A, a big key why they were able to win this game was a performance from quarterback Marcus Mariota, who was not at 100%, that after the game, voice of the Titans, Mike Keith, called McNarian. Uh, I mean, he played from the pocket the whole game. He's usually a guy who goes through his reads and, and then tries to make something happen with his legs. That clearly wasn't there. The one time that he left the pocket, he slid behind the line of scrimmage, and that counted as a sack. Um, But he was able to win the game from the pocket. He was throwing darts, uh, specifically to Eric Decker, who we'll talk a little bit more uh, about in a minute. Um, What a performance from Marcus Mariota, because after he was injured against the Dolphins, you heard the chirps about, oh, he's fragile. 
well, he missed one game, so I don't know that that necessarily means you're fragile. Oh, he, he's a bust. We needed Wentz. We, I mean, we needed Colin Kaepernick. All this negativity starts pouring in. And then what does he do, Titans fans? He comes in and he wins you your first game against the Colts in six years. Shut up about Marcus Mariota. He is fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should shut up as well because I was getting a little uh, a little nervous uh, <laughs> when he got injured again uh, with the hamstring injury. And just I, I, I was just feeling like we couldn't ca- – the fact that we can't count on him for six. By the way, I'd, I'd, I'd appreciate your prayers. I, I'm currently day to day, also with a, ha- a hamstring injury. <laughs> Correct. Yes, he backed up into a person, a real person. No, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it was a car. It was a car. Ba- ba- uh, I, would, I don't know anything about this. Do not include me in this lawsuit. <laughs> There's a backstory there. Well, anyway, Marcus Mariota, still clearly a little bit hampered by that hamstring injury, but what a what a what a performance by him uh, to just gut it out. Um, clearly was limited. Um, and according to John Gruden, this was the only game he's ever played from inside the pocket um, because John Gruden just has never seen a game. Because of, John Gruden of Mar- has never watched Mariota. the Titans in his life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> clearly has it. All Marcus Mariota does in any single game is stay in the pocket, go through his reads, and if nothing is there, These he scrambles. who wanted Kaepernick saying that the Titans run a read option offense. Titans yeah, don't, don't run a read option offense. No. They so, run the ball with read option looks. Like, And even in the, in the Monday night game, I tweeted this, they used him as a decoy a lot. Like he would hold yeah. it until the last. He wasn't keeping the ball. There was no way he was going to no. keep the ball. But it, – He's he's not a read yeah. option quarterback. He's not RG three. Yeah, yeah no, and he was killing it last night. Yeah, and it's not like he couldn't be. Like he could be a read option quarterback. He could be a spread quarterback. He could do I four. I mean, a- after the Monday night game, I don't know how anybody can argue that he could be in any offense in the NFL and thrive. I mean, he didn't use his legs once. The one time he thought about using his legs and could have just thrown it out of bounds, he immediately remembered what his coaches said and slid, even though he lost a yard, just because he, he wanted to stay within the parameters of the offense they structured for him. I mean, he hit passes on, on all levels. He should have had another 30-plus yard catch from Delaney Walker that hit him in the hands on the sideline that Walker just couldn't come up with. I mean... I, I don't know what more you could want from Mariota. It, I mean, at this point in his career, he's shown us time and time again that just about the time when everybody doubts him, like last year after the first few games, he gets fully settled into the offense and gets all the chemistry he needs with his wide receivers, and then he's just on another mm-hmm. level. I, I mean, he showed to me – I've always been a Mariota supporter, so I'm I'm fairly biased. But, you know, I I'm not sure how many young quarterbacks in the NFL I would take – above him and there's only a few that are even on his level to me so yeah i mean great game from mario did it did it with one leg and restrictions on the offense and without a really strong running game in the first three quarters too so i mean give him all the credit in the world yeah fourth highest uh yardage total of his career uh on one leg and he couldn't <laughs> move so that, that's how good Marcus Mariota is, and the pick six really was not his fault. So let's not let's not put the blame on him for that. That was a fantastic play by John Simon. by a good player, John Simon. Yeah, yeah. That that the Marco Murray should have kind of <laughs> yeah, done in his face. It's weird. Whatever. Like 
so the the pass protection just so real quick on this pass protection for a running back in that situation is to come up and strike the guy so he's not really sure what's going on and he can't just sit back there and pick that ball because there was a route designed to go right behind him if he went too far upfield what Mur or what yeah what DeMarco Murray did instead was he played it like a Russian linebacker which is different when a linebacker rushes you're taught to square up and set your feet and then make them move off of you so you can stop their momentum and it's it was a he he passed set in the wrong way and that's just one of those miscommunication things that almost never happens with Murray it, it was just a freak play and Simon for all his credit snatched the ball out of the air and then 49 degree weather he ran it to the end zone and you know we, nobody could catch him from that close but no that that was more of an impressive play from simon's part than it was anything else mm-hmm. agreed a, a big reason why Mariota was able to have success was the fact that his weapons were working for him all night richard matthews had another big game delaney walker caught some passes early and uh, everyone remembers the taewon taylor 53 yard touchdown towards the end of the game that ultimately put them in the lead for good but I think Eric Decker had clearly a breakout game with the Titans but uh, I tweeted this and and Matias you sent me this in a message later on we saw Denver Broncos Eric Decker on the field not who's not just the 6-3 chain mover that's going to stand there and catch a pass and then fall down like we saw him running routes with very sharp breaks and, and he was finding the soft spots in the defense. He looked really comfortable. And, and he watching him on the field, it was like watching the exact same player I watched four years ago in the playoffs with the Denver Broncos. And the Titans need that from him. They need him to move the chains. They need him to know where he is and, and to run those routes that a, a 29, 30-year-old wide receiver should be able to run. Hasn't done it really up to this point. Uh, the performance on Monday, very good, but it's something he certainly needs to build on moving forward. Mm-hmm. Early in the season, he really wasn't getting much separation, uh, and he just, honestly, he just looked old and slow. Uh, but maybe it was just that the Colts' defense is just that bad. Uh, but Decker was getting open he at will wide in this open game. the whole game. Wide open. Yeah, I don't, I, I mean, I haven't seen, like, all 22 film or whatever. Um, but he, there was no cornerback within like five to 10 yards of him on some of these plays. Uh, and he looked really good catching the ball. I think he only had one drop on like a, like a quick slant where I think it was Rashawn Melvin got his, got his hand in there. But I mean, that, that was fine. Uh, and just more, more importantly than probably anything else, him and Mariota were just on the same page. Uh, something we haven't seen to this point, uh, in their careers and, um, at least maybe I think we saw it uh, in the preseason a little bit. And even in training camp, people were saying that they had good chemistry. So hopefully they can both build on this uh, together. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of seeing the same thing you saw last year with Rashard Matthews down the stretch the last you know eight games of the season last year. But you're getting it on both sides now. I mean, Mariota is used to precise route running, you know, seven steps in your here against this look and maybe six and a half against this, you know, that's why Malarkey talks so much about stressing the precision in those routes. And you can tell when Mariota has chemistry with a guy and 
very rarely do I, you know, I, like I said, I give Mariota a lot of credit just in general, but so very rarely do I think it's his fault when somebody doesn't get a pass completed because he always puts seemingly puts the ball right where he wants it. It's just usually not where the wide receiver ends up. As soon as Rashard Matthews started catching up last year, he was on pace for a thousand yards. Now that Eric Decker's caught up too, you could really see an, a balanced offense, especially before Corey Davis comes back. So this week against Cleveland, where you know, find the matchup and wherever the defense dictates you throw the ball, you can trust that your receiver is going to be in the right spot, which is huge for Mariota. I don't think he's ever had that before. So that, that'll be really interesting to watch. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting week because this is probably the last week this season that we're going to see Decker as like uh, not the main guy or at least maybe the 1B to Matthews 1A because Corey Davis is coming back. Uh, and Taiwan Taylor seems to be getting uh, more involved in the offense. Thank the Lord. Uh, I've been <laughs> We've been saying it forever. But yeah. um, this seems like the, the, the week that he can really break out, especially against a defense like the Browns that is just – gotten gashed by everyone in their path so mm-hmm. i'm excited to see that we'll talk more about the browns and uh jason mccourty right in our, our preview episode later <laughs> in the week uh so something about the titans offense that has been kind of an issue all year long is the lack of a running game and they had a good one really in the second half it seemed like Murray and Henry were both consistently getting you know four or five yards a carry and that had a lot to do with the fact that exotics or, or vanilla smash mouth this is what we've been <laughs> seeing so far finally became exotic um but now DeMarco Murray apparently has a hamstring injury coach Malarkey said today that he is day to day with a hamstring injury uh Derek Henry had the big touchdown at the end of the game I didn't have a great game other than that run but that was a really really good run what do you guys make of this running back situation why do they still like I guess they ran the ball well against the Colts but um you know they just can't seem to figure it out it's strange yeah um the run blocking hasn't been as good as it was last year um and the running backs have seemed a little bit unsure of uh of the holes they're supposed to hit or at least they want to hit uh and i think that's uh contributed a little bit to the to, to the kind of slow start they got it going a little bit against the colts but um it should be said that the colts actually are not terrible against the run coming into this game they were actually i i'm pretty sure in the top half of the league in terms of like uh yards given up per rush attempt they, they really haven't been bad um but I thought the I thought both Demarco and Derrick Henry looked good in this game. Uh, Demarco uh, was getting he wasn't breaking off huge chunk runs, but he was picking up four or five yards and he was just grinding it out there. Uh, and you saw Derrick Henry when he when he is in that closer role in the fourth quarter, the defense just can't tackle him. And those short yard runs that look like they're blocked uh, for just one or two yards, they turn into into four or five yarders, and that's just huge to have in your offense uh, when you're trying to melt the clock away. Yeah, when Murray and Henry go forward and just don't, they don't worry about bouncing anything out. They don't worry about you know making the linebacker fill one hole and then you know cutting away. When they go straight into the hole that's blocked there's generally two to three yards there to be had. Now, they see closing doors and they think it's time to make a play, and sometimes they're right, which is why you can't say, stop doing that. You know, it's not Antonio Andrews running the ball. You know, you've got guys with real juice when they get outside. So, 
you know, you don't want to take all their playmaking ability away from them. But, you know, it's kind of the same thing we've seen a lot of. It's, you know, the first quarter is struggling to find your feet in the running game. Second quarter, you see a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Third quarter, stuff really breaks open. And the fourth quarter, Derrick Henry comes in and ends it. I mean, that when, when the running game is committed to, that's the script. And, you know, something else that is really emphasized when Mariota couldn't run outside the pocket, it's just how well that play action works. I mean, he sells that play action so well and then comes back and sits and makes his reads and just finds the open guy. I mean, whether it was Decker across the middle, I think Taywan's was a play action. I mean, that hard run fake just gets linebackers after you've shown them that we'll run it on first down or second down or third down. You know, once you've shown that you're committed to running the ball and you've got guys who can do it if they don't respect it, everything else opens up. Mm-hmm. So, so something that uh, certainly caught our eyes prior to the game was when the inactives list came out, uh, defensive tackle Sylvester Williams was on it, someone that uh, we don't really like very much. We, we think he was <laughs> paid way too much money in free agency when the Titans could have gone after someone like Dontari Poe or, or Jonathan Hankins and paid just about the same amount of money. He's been incredibly unproductive. He's been basically, I'm going to say this, he's been worse than Al Woods. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Al Woods played at least. Yeah. Like yeah. Sylvester Williams, he's literally just there to be there. Like, he's there so that his, ex- like, he's there to be the 11th man on the field on, on first and second down, like, to <laughs> fill up some space. Yeah. And so he was inactive, and uh, Austin Johnson uh, took his place as the starting nose tackle. And, Will, I don't know if you had the chance to watch uh, any tape from the game yet. Uh, it seems like Austin Johnson was immediately more impactful than Sylvester Williams. And if that's a change they're okay with, it's one they need to make from now on. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I give a ton of credit to Mike Malarkey and John Robinson because John Robinson said earlier today in a uh, interview that it was either today or yesterday that he said that he and Malarkey both talked and they have a pretty, you know, not fifty-fifty, but they, you know, he has a lot of input on the active roster and. When you pay a lot of a guy a lot of money, it's real easy to say, well, let's keep trying him until he makes a play. Let's keep trying. No, that's not how the Titans are going to play. If you don't make plays when you're given a chance, it doesn't matter if you're a second-round draft pick or a high-priced free agent, you're going on the bench. And you're, just, you're just not going to play. There's, so so I, that, I, Those shots have been fired at Kevin Dodd. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we've already fired those shots. We've been firing those shots. So, I mean, I – I would love if that force on the edge would come out and prove us wrong and then just, you know, <laughs> the, the force. have a four-sack game against Cleveland. You know, I like, it, again, it's nothing against Kevin Dodd. If Kevin Dodd comes out and he's healthy and he blows everybody away, there will be nobody on earth happier than me. I, I, we need another pass rusher bad. But on Sylvester Williams, you know, well, it's more on Austin Johnson. Austin Johnson just looks not – not like Jarrell Casey. He's not that split the guy and make that big play, but he looks like the guy we've always wanted to play next to Casey. He's a good, solid anchor. He works his way down the line. He's a big body. He's 330 pounds, but he works down the line like he's Carl Klug or somebody else. You know, he flows. He, he, he never seems like the reason why I play won't work. You know, if they're running outside zone and he's playing in the middle, I trust him to be able to flow and stop the cutback. 
if they're passing, I expect him to get a decent pass rush and affect, you know, the quarterback's ability to step up. You know, everything you want him to do, he does at a pretty a pretty good level for what you'd expect a guy who's really starting for his first year. You know, I think more of that'll come in time. I think the line of Jarrell Casey, Daquan Jones, and Austin Johnson is not a bad line, and I would love it even more if they were in a four-man front where Austin Johnson and Daquan Jones could rotate at one technique, but uh, we, we play in the Dick LeBeau 3-4 for this year. So <laughs> the legendary until, until that, Dick LeBeau 3-4. Yeah, until until that changes, that that's how they're going to play, but it, what I mean – as far as Austin Johnson over Sylvester Williams goes, it's the right call. It's not a call that was made, you know, rashly or for any one reason. It's just it, slowly throughout the preseason to the first few games to now, Austin Johnson has earned his way in that top spot. And, you know, for a second-round guy, you want the second-round young guy to be the one that wins the job, not the guy you paid a lot of money to who's already in his second contract. So Austin Johnson looks very good. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good when the subject of one of your many fan clubs that you're the president of <laughs> finally uh, gets a chance and shows out. Uh, I've been I've been saying Austin Johnson should be starting or at least getting more snaps for a while, and you saw what he could do when he gets them. And like you said, that Johnson, Jones, and Casey defensive line is what we should be going with uh, pretty much every game. Uh, even though the Colts ran with some success in this game that was a little bit surprising, uh, early in the game at least. Um, but I do think that's the right configuration on the defensive line. Um, and by the way, credit to Dick LeBeau. He kind of he got it together in the second half, even though the first half was incredibly painful. Uh, and a lot of people probably nearly broke things. Um, as we were giving, getting gashed on the ground and giving up, giving up just easy ten yard completions, but uh, he got it together, and I- I'm glad for that. Yeah. What one last thing about the run game is it takes seven to stop the run game. So <laughs> I know a lot of people wanted to pl- blame the defensive line when somebody runs. You've got seven guys whose main job is to watch their keys. You know, the linebackers or their job is to read the keys on the offensive line and they're back and find the ball and go. Defensive line has a huge part in that too. But a lot of people get real mad at Jarrell Casey and Daquan Jones and Austin Johnson when these big runs up the middle happen. But there's sometimes when they're supposed to be occupying one gap and a linebacker is supposed to be filling another. Uh, so, I mean, don't just go ahead and write off, you know, whoever you think's at fault. You know, it, it's it's more of a, a scheme and a whole front seven unit thing. So, you know, don't use that as an excuse to not like Austin Johnson because he's, he's doing well. You mentioned that you're the pr- Avery Williamson. Yeah, Avery Williamson. <laughs> we'll talk more about him in a second. Uh, you, yeah. you mentioned Matthias that you're the president of the uh, Austin Johnson fan club, and, and since we have some time in this episode, I think it'd be nice if we uh, all talked about that one Titans player that we liked way too much for really no reason. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, Trey McBride. That's one that everyone <laughs> really liked. For, like, yeah. Yeah. He caught. Hold on, let me. Three let passes. Hmm. Mine is like it's probably uh, Mark Mariani. Great. Game. Oh, we're Great talking game. like historic. Yeah. Not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Um. Dave Ball. Sorry, I don't, I don't know why it took me so long. Oh. Dave Ball is mine. It, it, I loved watching good. Dave Ball play. Yeah, Dave Ball was good, and he like. 
how long was he a Titan? Like six years? I, I mean, I he was. I mean, it felt like he was on the team forever, and then all of a sudden, uh, he has a ten sack year. Uh, he was on the team from two thousand eight to two thousand twelve. So I mean, I have a he, new guy. Okay, it's Bo Schobel. I don't even know who that is. Bo Schobel. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> he was the defensive end in like oh four. <laughs> Oh, why don't I remember that? Da- okay. Was his name Dave Schobel? Bo Schobel. Uh, Bo, Bo Schobel. He, he, you might know him from his uh, stint with the Florida Tuskers in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> but probably not. <laughs> Mine was... he, he, earned a, he earned a Super Bowl ring with the Colts in Super Bowl... Uh, I don't know, the one they beat yeah. the Bears in. <laughs> Roman numerals are tough. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to think. Uh, we have Dave boy. Ball. We have uh, Bo Schobel. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm probably... Uh, another great one is Craig Stevens. But Craig Stevens right. was good. Everybody, everybody. But, but he was the guy that everybody was like, it's going to be Craig Stevens' year. This, this is the year for Craig Stevens. Let me look up the most passing yards <laughs> he ever had in a season because it's got to be like 12. But we, the Titans fans have said the same, that thing about everyone. Like, Kendall Wright, it was always his year. Chance Warmack, it was always the system's problem. Uh, Craig biggest year, he had 275 yards. That, I mean, and he played He played 16 games, 15, 15, 15, 15, 5, and 16. I mean, he played with the Titans for, like, all almost all of the games. And, I mean, I remember him splitting the seam one time a year and getting, like, a 30-yard catch and holding on to it while he was getting a concussion. And, like, I mean, he was a stud. But, like, then again, you say that, and I know if he was – Oh, another good one is uh, who is Taylor Thompson? Is that the guy we had? Who that was, was the, the basketball guy, yeah, or defensive like end or that, whatever? Yeah, that our, our that was our uh, you know our project from Rice, and he was a good defensive <laughs> end. We should have just kept him at defensive end. Um, but yeah, those those are the guys that you know that when I really think about it. Um, although I, I will say, like I, I've got it, I've got it. It's Antonio Andrews. Oh my god. Dude, oh I like Antonio Andrews was uh, – Justin Gage was another one where I really wanted – like I really thought like you – oh, and Damian Williams. Damian, I hated Justin sorry, Gage. Sorry. Let, let me go Let me go all the way back. My answer is Damian Williams. That's the correct one. Damian Williams, when he came out, I was like, I'm telling you guys, Damian Williams is good. And he'd have like three catches for like 17 yards. And I'm like, do you see those catches? I'm like, next game. And then he would have like two the next game. I mean, but I was I, – I would have sworn. I was like, he's going to become a number two wide receiver in this league. You just watch. Dude, and then as soon as we got him, I was like – It's not Bo Schobel. Okay. It's Lamont Thompson. Are, are you, so you're just picking the the person you just assume we won't know. So you're trying to say like a fake. You guys know Lamont Thompson. You're gonna say a fake. I have name no idea who that is. You're like, Dude, oh, I know it's, mine. It's a Trent Alexander. He played. <laughs> he played safety during the worst Titans years, man. The you're talking about like the Wizenhut years because I think those no, were the worst. Titans yeah, years. I'm like, I'm like, oh, two years ago. <laughs> the no, I'm talking like oh four to oh six. That bad. Remember that time we won five games in two years combined? 
<laughs> under Ken was a terrible time. <laughs> yeah. I like I don't know how bad we were off the top of my head in those years, but I do know we won five games in two years. I remember I would that turn was... on the TV and watch the first half and get bored, just turn it off. Dude, I remember I would be live tweeting the games and I would plead with people. I was like, please watch something else. I was like, you have other options. There's so many different good games you could be watching. Like, I would tweet out the schedules of the other games going on and I'd be like, it's not too late. Carolina's playing the Eagles on the other channel. You can still save yourself. Like, I, I, I just, the, I think the game that sticks out the most during the Wizen Hunt era is either when, when the Titans played the Philadelphia Eagles in Philadelphia or when they played the Giants in Nashville. Like, those games were just pathetic. It was See, just, game, it was just like we threw a team on the field, and we were like, go get them, boys. And then they lost on 45-3, to three, and we're like, ah, we'll get them next time. <laughs> the games just got swear, Mike Munchak wasn't even a bad coach. I loved Mike Munchak. Dude, yeah, Mike Munchak was hard to look at because he always looked like somebody had just stabbed him in the arm. <laughs> Like he was like his that <laughs> on his face. He was like, Arr. and I was like, like he was trying to be like a pirate, like every other play. And I was like, it, it was just too much for me. Like, he was just scowling all the time. Like, I don't know. What so, was the year we went into New York against the Giants and like I think we won? <laughs> your, your mind just got out, and it sounded like you were all of a sudden were no longer a Floridian and were born in Tennessee. It said the Giants. Yeah, yeah, you stretch it out. Uh, I think you were trying to think of the word. Um, Did we beat the Giants? The Giants. Did we beat them? I think we went. (laughs) We went into the Giants. Well, into New York, and I'm pretty sure we beat them. That that was 2010. I thought Munchak was our coach. Was he not? I don't know. Was he? Oh, you're right. Uh, Fisher was the coach. Yeah, we won in New York. Yeah, no big deal. Before or after Vince Young's benching? That was after. Who the hell was our quarterback? Kerry Collins. Are you sure? The Kerry Collins. Or Jake Locker. No, it was Vince Young. It was Vince Young. Oh, okay. That was the year it all fell apart. Yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. Johnson went off in this game. Dude, y'all remember when Chris Johnson was amazing? That was crazy. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. Uh, also, Javon Ringer, a guy I thought would be really good in the NFL, <laughs> like because he had a million yards in college, and then I was like, all he's got to do is have like seven carries a game behind Chris Johnson, and me- then like his arm almost got cut off. Like, poor guy. <laughs> do you remember uh, Jamie Harper, the running back that was a mid-round pick? I do remember Jamie Harper. Yeah, he from Clemson, right? I don't know. Yeah. I just remember him yeah, being big and too. always getting goal line carries and people talking about God, picking him sucked. up in fantasy. <laughs> he sucked. <laughs> um, ra- rounding out our list of back to what we were talking about, rounding out our list of players who like I really like, like uh, Colin McCarthy. I thought was going to be a great yeah, like backer for the Titans. He retired uh, after like four years. Dude, know, that was tough. he was like the proto uh, Borland. Like, Chris Borland, like, he was like, I just can't do it anymore. And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, other people are playing and they're dying out here. <laughs> but respect to him. He, he was dope. Um, Rusty Smith, uh, the chosen oh one, who, who should have, who, who everybody thought was like, it was like, everybody's like, you don't know everybody on the coaching staff. We've got a star on our roster from Florida. Oh, I, I know my guy. It's Rennie Curran. Oh, 
okay, that's not a bad one. Like that one's like new. That one's two. new. <laughs> four foot two linebacker. Dude, I loved him in college, and he just sucked in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. If any of y'all are listening to this and uh, we're saying you sucked, we mean in the context of our expectations for you. You're all great people. Yes. Uh, shout out to uh, Pac-Man Jones. Great person. Great human being. <laughs> Yo, Pac-Man's still playing. Like, say what you want, but that man's like going to Pro Bowls at like what must be 45 years old. Oh, God. <laughs> so, uh, moving back to the game, we have a couple more points to hit. Uh, first, T.Y. Hilton, one catch, 19 yards. He was previously the Titans, like, Bugaboo, I, I hate that word because it sounds so stupid. You can say kryptonite. <laughs> kryptonite. Kryptonite, yeah. Bugaboo. Kryptonite. Bugaboo. <laughs> you know, sp- <laughs> Superman's bugaboo, kryptonite. Dick LaBoo. <laughs> We're just really excited because the Titans beat the Colts. Yeah, you don't understand what a weight this is off our back. I mean, I'm sure you do, Titans fans listening, but it just that one of those kinds of days so why were the titans able to hold ty hilton the one catch for 19 yards and i'm guessing the answer is not they let mccain travel with him <laughs> nah they were just whoever they were putting on him i think it was mostly logan reiner or dory jackson actually Lashawn sims was on him a couple of times too uh they just played really good coverage on him i was really surprised uh, and they played. Uh, they weren't playing off coverage on him either. They were they were playing him tight and weren't letting him get a clean release off the line, uh, because when he does that, he can just kill you. Uh, and he he really didn't do anything. Uh, the, his 19 yards uh, were his lowest output since uh, November 2nd of 2015. Like that's pretty crazy. I know it's yeah. with Jacoby Brissett and not like like Andrew Luck, but. That is an incredible job by the Titans defense, a defense that has gotten torched pretty much uh, by receivers to start this season. So uh, good on them, honestly. Good game plan from them uh, just to let other players beat them instead of T.Y. Hilton, who can who can just break a long one uh, at any moment. So good, good on Dick LeBeau and good job by all of the Titans cornerbacks, really, who played a pretty, pretty good game, all of them, especially Logan Ryan and Dory Jackson. Yeah, I mean, before the game, I'm 95% sure that T.Y. Hilton was on pace to be the leading receiver in the NFL. Uh, if he wasn't number one, he was number two. Um, mm-hmm. I, f- I forget what the order was, but he was he was very high up there. And to hold him to that kind of game, you know, he's been play- – I mean, he's had better games with Tolzien and uh, Jacoby Brissett, you know, it, it's not it's not a quarterback issue, I guess is what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say. So here's here's what I saw. I haven't gone back and watched the defensive uh, backs on 22 or anything like that. When I was at the game live, they would move uh, move Hilton around some like they always do, and it was a very clear effort and great job by the by the LeBeau's defense of communicating between the corners and the safeties. And whenever there was um, a corner and whether it was man coverage or zone coverage, that corner who was in front of T.Y. Hilton pointed at T.Y. Hilton or looked back at the safety and communicated with whoever was back deep. And if they had it, you know, if they had it skewed to where it looked like there, he was going to get single one-on-one right before the snap, they would roll the safety on the other side and drop into a cover two. It, that part of the defense was not bad. Now, 
what what was bad early was that they were just gashing the Titans on first down, which is why you know you couldn't really understand that the game plan was working well for what they intended to stop. Just the other guys weren't making plays, which I think is why when you when you hear some of the defensive players talk, uh, Wesley Woodard especially talked about it. Uh, in the post-game interview, he's, you know, because Malarkey said they made some adjustments on defense, blah, blah, blah. That's not what Woodyard said. Woodyard said we didn't really make that many adjustments. We just played better and got back to what we were supposed to do. So what that tells me is the game plan the whole time was roll extra coverage to Hilton, make them beat you with Jack Doyle and whoever else they've got on their team receiving the ball, and then, you know, focus on the run game. And if you can stop the run game and don't give up those big chunk plays, you'll put them in positions where Jacoby Brissett has to beat you with guys other than Hilton. And LeBeau basically said, and then that point, I think our guys can beat their guys. And he was right. So once the run game got stopped and, you know, I, I give, I give LeBeau a ton of credit for that halftime adjustment, whatever he did with the front seven, cause that worked. But you know, uh, that, that was great. The, there was a lack of pressure that, We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about more and more, and I'm sure it'll hurt us really bad in one of these games. But for that night, everything worked out the way it was supposed to. I mean, what changed in the second half was that we blitzed like a crazy amount. Like crazy. Which, I mean, it's not sustainable, but... Let's talk a little bit about that, the, the, the pass rush, because we've critiqued Dick LeBeau to no end, and... It's kind of deserving because I, I, we were talking a little bit about the before we started recording about how sometimes on third down, not only was Brian Arakpo being dropped into coverage, sometimes he wasn't even on the field. Um, it, it's just it's crazy that Arakpo, Casey, and Morgan, who last year were one of the, the best pass rushing trios, I'd say probably in the NFL, are doing nothing. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, in this game, uh, they came pretty close to like three or four sacks, maybe. Uh, but Brissett made a couple good plays uh, in order to escape or get the ball off or or something like that. But we have eight sacks right now. That is third worst in the league, uh, and that is just honestly, it's kind of unacceptable. Jacksonville is twenty three. That's fifteen more sacks than us, uh, which is just a. Re- Right, Saxonville. If only we could be Saxonville. They had more sacks. They had more sacks in one game than we had. Than we have so far this season. This whole season. Yep. Which is just ridiculous. I don't know how that happens. Uh, but I think one fix could be to not play all of our pass rushers uh, standing up. Uh, <laughs> I don't understand what that and- schematic. Touches, but Greg McGinnis loves that. By the way, he's he's McGinnis talks about it sometimes. He's like that amoeba defense. It really confuses people when it really doesn't. It just confuses the defense. Yeah, Uh, I think Kevin Kevin Dodd needs more opportunities. Well, he is a force. Yeah, forced to be uh, reckoned with all, all around yeah. the corner. Yeah. As as Malarkey said, he's a force to be. You know, but okay. So let's talk about the defense real quick. We give Dick LeBeau a lot of crap. And he had a good game plan. They're still the thirty-first defense in the NFL in points allowed. They're they're the only person worse than them right now is the Colts. So I, I'm not 100 percent ready to just take back all my criticism. Uh, and this is one of the big parts of it: the fact that you can't scheme a good interior rush and you just let guys step up into a pocket it is 
horrifying. I mean, like, there's no. I mean, if teams would do that to us with Mariota, he'd pass for a million. I mean, he he would legitimately pass for four thousand yards. He like it's so easy to work that if you've got a quarterback who can progress through their reads, if you're not willing to send pressure and you don't know how to scheme it to get home. So that is something that needs to be fixed badly. And I, I've said it, and I, I'm sure people will make fun of it or whatever, but I think the Titans should make a serious effort to trade for uh, Harrison, the James Harrison from Pittsburgh, because he has experience with Dick LeBeau. He's very close to LeBeau. He almost came to the Titans in free agency a few years ago, and everybody says, well, why would you want a 40-year-old pass rusher or whatever? Well, they said that when he was 36, and then he would get – six sacks, seven sacks, eight sacks a year. Then they said that when he was 38 and he did the same thing. He's still a very productive pass rusher even now, but it's to the point where uh, the Steelers have drafted J.J. Watt's little brother who looks good. They've got Bud Dupree. They've got guys that are filling out their roster to the point where Harrison's not even active on every game day because they just have too many players, young players to play. So, if they don't need him and the Titans desperately need pass rush and they have the same scheme, it seems like it'd make a lot of sense to go out and get him. Hmm. That would be interesting. I think Dick LeBeau is in a little bit of a, a pickle because he can't just blitz everyone on every play. That's just impossible because uh, players can't do that for, uh, for 60 minutes. Um, but I think he kind of has to change uh, some of the ways he does things uh, because he only plays a uh, like true tight man coverage when he's blitzing. And when he's not blitzing, he's just playing these soft zones or playing completely off the receivers. And uh, any quarterback can see that. And they're just going to take their seven or eight yards or even 10 yards that you're giving them. Uh, and they're going to pick you apart. So he, he's got to be better. Like, I mean, I give him credit for his game plan in the second half of this game, but the first half of that game still happened uh, where Jacoby Brissett looked like the greatest quarterback of all time. Uh, and he actually should have had two touchdowns because Dante Moncrief dropped dropped one of them. So it could have been even worse. Uh, and so, I don't know. I, I'm still skeptical about Dick LeBeau for the rest of the season, but uh, anyone who says that, uh, it's the talent level on the defense that's the problem. I completely disagree uh, because we have a lot of really talented players, uh, both in the front seven and the secondary. Um, and also, if you're saying that Logan Ryan has been a bust free agent, I don't know what games you're watching because he's been fantastic to start this season. Yeah, I mean, Adore Jackson, Logan Ryan, and Kevin Byard may be the best combination of three defensive backs we've had in the last eight years, 10 years. I mean, yeah. it, they, they are very good and they're all very young. So, I mean, that, that part of the team is, looks really good. Um, this is the last thing I'm going to say on Dick LeBeau's defense is I think he prioritizes things backwards. His goal is to get you into third down so he can drop into coverage. If his goal was to, you know, drop into coverage and play back until you get people into second down and then start sending pressure instead of easing back the pressure when you get to third down. I think his defenses would look a lot better. But the way he played in the first half was get him into third down and make him make a quote-unquote tough completion, and then he drops his guys into zones and gives up the easy catch. So, you know, they just find, you know, the route against – the linebacker and they, they just attack that and they have all day to find that. So 
Yeah, I think he prioritizes things backwards. I'm hoping after this Cleveland game and the bye week comes, they can make some real serious changes. But that, that's the last thing I'm going to say on that. Mm-hmm. So quickly, as we uh, close out, we have a, a couple minutes to talk. Uh, I first, we're going to play two games in a row. Uh, first question, we're going to play Would You Rather? And uh, the second game is going to be Name That Game. So two games. The Would You Rather game, you're going to be answering the question, Would You Rather play Avery Williamson on a third down against a tight end or drink an entire <laughs> bottle of ketchup? And ketchup. This, ketchup. I, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Pretty. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say bleach. Give me the catch. I thought you were gonna say bleach, and I was like, Ooh. I'll, I'll do it right now if he sits the whole game. <laughs> like, yeah, like if you if you can let me have play call on third down and let me decide the personnel, I'll I'll drink ketchup <laughs> on every third down. <laughs> Just pour me a shot and let me go. In the second game uh, uh, that we're gonna play, the Titans lost to the Colts eleven times in a row. It's over, uh, but. It was very painful. I, I did a column on it the other day where I had to kind of relive some of those games. So let, let's each pick our, our most memorable game from that streak. It can be memorable for a bad reason or like, man, I thought this was going to be the time. Uh, mine is uh, one of the more recent ones in 2015. Or it, it, it was actually New Year's uh, 2016. Uh, Mariota was out. Mettenberger played. Tanny played. And the Titans were unable to defeat the quarterback duo of Josh Freeman and Ryan Lindley, who had been with the Colts for less than a week. Oh, that is terrible. That is a pretty good one. Mine is when Donald Brown took a carry 80 yards, <laughs> when all we needed was a stop to to actually beat the Colts, but we couldn't do it because we couldn't stop Donald Brown. I remember which made I, I remember how everyone always talked about how Donald Brown had the stuff to be a starter. He was just kept on the bench by Joseph Adai. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Even though uh, he, Donald Brown is only famous for that clip where Peyton Manning's saying, damn it, Donald. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, that, I mean, mine is... Pretty obviously the Vic Ballad corkscrew touchdown, um, uh, where it, like where it was that play you knew as soon as it happened you were praying that he was down or that he stepped out or that somebody held because you knew you'd see it over and over and over. And guess what? You did. You saw it over and over and over again. I mean, they caught. They said it was the play where he was in the matrix and he was untouchable and this was his you it, know it transcendent. NFL.com's play of the year. I remember that yep, year. That is that. Is correct. It, it, Are you like, serious? It, yeah. yeah, it was. It was that. Bit. I mean, uh, I mean, the game where you think, okay, it's overtime. We've really got a chance to. And if I'm not mistaken, I don't quote me on this. This was the Jerry Gray defensive coordinator year, and I believe we only had ten guys on the field. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think I remember that of retrospect. Course, they only had it was guys it on was the one of the most like when when I heard that I was. That was one of the first times I remember feeling like actually sick at a game when in, I was in, in doing some research to write the column. Uh, I found out that on that drive, the Colts it was a touchback, so they started at the twenty and they ended up scoring a touchdown on like a four yard screen to Vic Ballard. That was one of two passes Andrew Luck threw on that drive. The other was a twenty uh-huh. yarder to Reggie Wayne. The rest of the sixty yards were running the football. 
I'm watching the Vec Ballard touchdown, and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's great. I don't, I don't know I don't how you don't have it, it playing in your head. I watch I it just... every night when I have a nightmare. It just <laughs> plays behind my eyelids. It's it haunts me to this day. I don't know what the defense was doing, man. It may be, it <laughs> no, may be the play that I remember like most that sticks out to me. Like when I think <laughs> of like what would be the worst thing that happened on this third down, <laughs> and then it's just that over and over and over in my head. Uh, I think we gave up like a third and seventeen one time to Philip Rivers, and I think I lost my mind. <laughs> I had to be checked into an institution for a week. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, hopefully uh, the Titans will somehow beat the Colts before our next episode so that we can be this excited. Uh, <laughs> uh, later in the, We'll be back later in the week to preview the Titans' upcoming matchup against the Super Bowl, reigning Super Bowl champion, AFC powerhouse Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Until then, uh, thank you for listening to the Titan Size Podcast. For Matthias Wadner, Will Lomas, we will talk to everybody uh, later in the week. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.